Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news, trends, and hottest topics that focus on advances in cybersecurity and cyber industry economics. Our expert yet down-to-earth hosts make cybersecurity straightforward. They ask the tough questions and make this challenging topic something that everyone can understand. Our candid approach lets guests open up on topics we would all like to see addressed. You can find us on the web at newcyberfrontier.com. That's www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join today's host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. On today with Dennis Underwood, the CEO of Cyber Crucible. Um, so Dennis, you when we talked before the show, you had said you got your start kind of with cryptology. Some people might not even know what that is. Um, give us a, your definition of what that means. Well, so there is a lot of fancy math, of course, that goes into encryption. And on top of that, you know, you have a mathematician that has a fancy formula that takes up a whole chalkboard. And then you have a bunch of developers and engineers who have to figure out how to implement that encryption, that math formula in a way that doesn't... Uh, doesn't leak any of the keys or other secrets to other developers out there, you know, or other users. So uh, for us and for for me, it was always a, a, about, uh, you know, in terms of like threat hunting and the focus was always, okay, well, uh, encryption is hard. Cryptography is, is very, you know, a lot of math and it's very difficult to do correctly. Uh, so it, it should come without surprise that the criminals and the hackers out there who are doing, you know, using encryption to try to hide their, their evil ways, uh, they make mistakes and don't do things properly as well. Honestly, just like everybody else, just like the good guys too. And but they don't have a whole team reviewing all their code, you know, to make sure they did it right. So uh, a lot of what we did was actually finding uh, improper use of encryption uh, and little mistakes to try to uh, figure out where the bad guys are and what they're doing. Yeah. So myself, also background in cryptography, I always like to hear people describe it in the most simplest terms. But uh, for the most part, yeah, you have all those complicated math equations, but you don't need to know those, right? Right. Just how to apply them. So if you look at, and you said you started with cryptography and a lot of the other facets of cybersecurity were less complicated by st starting that, right? Yeah, I, I would say yes, but, but cautiously because uh, a lot of people, like you're saying, there's a library that's standard and everyone's going to use it. And then for every one person who was taught by a senior engineer to use, use the library, you know, there's five junior folks or people who didn't have that training uh, who decide to try to implement that math formula on their own, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where things get weird. And that's why I say cautiously yes, because now, like with ransomware, for instance, uh, yes, there is standard encryption, but you have to figure out uh, what crazy ideas did this certain hacker developer have whenever they were implementing the formula and then try to replicate those mistakes or those bad ideas. I, I like to comparing it. If there's a younger generation that doesn't have never heard of airplane, that movie, or, or maybe seen it, you know, and there's a scene I love where um, they're speaking jive and it is English, but it's like a variant of English. It's like, you know, slang. It's not the queen's English. And they needed a jive translator and it, it would think it was a, a nun, right? It's been a long time since I've seen it, but like, I guess the point was that, you know, if, uh, 
if your math professor or an expert like yourself uh, is uh, speaking the Queen's English of encryption, uh, you got to figure out what slang these guys are using to have the correct interpretation of what's going on. Gotcha. Yeah. The, the reason I, I also, um, when I teach cybersecurity, I introduce it through cryptography, which has been my background. And I, I've, I've found if I try to simplify it, I can get a relatively um, people that, you know, students that come out that understand pretty well, a lot of other cybersecurity practices because they understand the few simple concepts that, that are done right. underneath the hood, so to say. Um, yeah, there's like, there's a thousand cars, but they all have an engine, right? Um, engine work. And, but a lot of people want to look at the outside from the car. Another example I like to use is there's, you know, there, how many different types of artwork are there out there? Hundreds, thousands, millions, right? But you go to art school, they teach you nine concepts in art that make up all of art out there. And if you understand those nine concepts, you can kind of make your artwork out of those components. Absolutely. And, and cybersecurity cryptology is those components, those base components that the thousands of applications out there all do the same seven things is what I've narrowed it down to. Yeah. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. So I always try to say, you know, how can we get cybersecurity across to people and being from a cryptology background, that's, that's been my approach as well. I always like to hear another person that, that feels the same way, but uh, yeah, a lot of times it's from an IT background and it's learn a thousand applications, learn all the concepts of a, of a network security and go in through that door. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things, um, I mean, uh, unfortunately on the threat hunting side, uh, the IT security piece only comes, it seems like it only comes with time. Uh, a lot of times I'll meet an IT admin uh, and I'll work with them for like a threat hunting exercise. Mm -hmm. And what you quickly learn is that that, you know, that person who is exhausted because they know the IT network inside and out, uh, they may not know cryptography, they may not know all the latest, you know, hacker tricks and process injection and everything. But uh, they it's funny to watch them because they'll get gut feelings because they know what's normal, almost like on a ship, right, where I guess you kind of feel what's normal. And mm -hmm. when, when something looks weird, they can't always describe why it feels weird. But uh, I've learned to listen whenever they have a gut feeling to say, well, let's go look at that more. You know, and, and it's like you said about the art school, they may not have those nine techniques or, or whatever to, to uh, you know, formalize their art. Uh, but, they, but they understand, like, I guess it's like street smarts for IT people, right? And, and they know when their, uh, their active directory isn't quite uh, up to snuff. Yeah, that's a Van Gogh, right? They know that <laughs> right. just because I know what it looks like and, and the, the, how it feels. It's a gut feeling, yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So um, is, if we go, go kind of looking at what you do now um, and uh, ransomware, I know, is the key, right? Um, it's in the what, news a lot now. Yeah. In, the, in the news a lot, ransomware is the use of cryptography by – adverse, you know, or malware, or what we, we always call them hackers, but we'll say threats to our way of life, right? And they've used cryptography to try to make havoc for us, right? Yeah. But you look at ways to stop that. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. So uh, it's interesting, you mentioned like the, the nine, you know, the nine ways of, of art or whatever. Um, which isn't my skill set at all, by the way. I'm, I'm uh, not an artist. Can um, you tell you what they are? It's, no, uh, no, what are they? Yeah. Color, 
um, shape, form, volume, space, line, um, parallax, value, and there's one more. But those are the components. That's pretty so, crazy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, the, I guess the point I was making was that um, the more professional uh, criminals that are making the ransomware, that are more talented in cryptography, it's actually easier for us to work with because uh, you know, they have very high standards, they follow normal ways of doing things, normal algorithms, and then the amateurs who decided to wake up one day and decide to start trying to encrypt, it, it's a bit, you know, it's about a right field, uh, to use a baseball analogy, where you're kind of like, well, I don't know why they were thinking this was a good idea, but, you know, let, let's figure out what they did. Uh, but in terms of what we're doing is, uh, we actually started with, hey, how can we uh, despite there being uh, formal, like uh, we call it like AES and, and algorithms like that, formal NIST approved uh, professional algorithms, uh, how can we go ahead and decrypt the data even if they go ahead and use these proper techniques? You know, because a lot of them were learning the tricks. Uh, you know, the, the bad guys were uh, every time they lost a quote unquote sale, you know, a ransom because someone like me came along and was able to beat their encryption. They, they learned, right? They went back to school, they did some more reading. They're, they were fixing all the easy wins. We started with decryption and said, how can we decrypt people's things uh, you know, without them paying a ransom? Uh, a lot of it got into the description, you know, convincing IT admins and, and security people saying, well, look, uh, you know, I was here before telling you that there were hackers, there were criminals in your network, you just didn't know it yet. Um, now I'm saying, well, it's not a spy anymore. That's just kind of like stealing folders now it's, it's like having, uh, you know, someone with a bomb, you know, and now the bomb's going to go off, only it's encryption, and you're going to lose valuable time and resources. Uh, and so I think ransomware is more visible there. They got it. Uh, mm -hmm. What we saw was that from a sales pitch uh, perspective, uh, people like to hear that you could, you know, that you will, the bomb will go off, but you can rebuild their house quickly, you know, rebuild the office quickly. Uh, they liked that sales pitch much less than they liked me saying, no, I'm going to defuse the bomb before, okay. you know, I, I'm going to find it and stop it. Let's take a break here from our sponsors. We'll come back to that picking up after the bomb and talk about where we go from there. Be right back. Cyber Resilience Institute helps build strong cyber communities designed to prevent members from attack. Like building a neighborhood watch, it takes coordination and a sharing community to protect our identities and valuables in the virtual world. Typically, we hear that organizations know they need to do something to protect their cyber assets, but don't know where to begin. Let Cyber Resilience Institute help your community create an action plan. Cyber Resilience Institute will build your community or business marketplace so that it is designed to support a collective cyber defense. Contact them for more information at cyberresilienceinstitute.org. Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. On today with Dennis Underwood, the CEO of Cyber Crucible. And he's talking about uh, the technology and the approach to malware or uh, ransomware and getting around it. And the first was, hey, first generation, we have this happening. Let's find a way to recover unencrypt people's data and get it back to them, which is kind of like after the bomb goes off, let's pick up. And that was phase one, step one. And now what's the, the next approach? Where are we going from there? 
Yeah, so what happened was, was we said, let's go ahead and first of all, you can't use backups. A lot of them are using backup approaches because um, that just makes sense, right? Just have a spare building, you know, you can roll out like uh, whenever like a cell tower goes after a bad storm, Verizon or T-Mobile have like a backup cell tower they can just put out, right? Mm -hmm. um, the criminals learned that, of course, and, and we watched, you know, very quickly, they realized they should delete, you know, delete the backups or encrypt them or something else before uh, going to town, you know. Uh, so said, okay, that, that makes sense, you know, uh, we're the adversary and all, you know. So uh, we said, well, we need to be able to stop the encryption then. That, that, that's the next thing the salespeople, you know, want. So I, I went to my team once again with a, a crazy idea and deadpan stared, up, stared at them and said, we're going to detect the encryption so quickly that we know it's bad encryption that we are going to stop the encryption from ever happening. Uh, and so we ended up making uh, what's called a Windows driver. Uh, so it's just basically uh, deep, deep, deep in the operating system at what's called the kernel level. Uh, and we started doing some coding and doing some very, a whole lot of optimization to make our stuff very fast. Mm -hmm. And made it so that actually uh, there aren't files encrypted now, uh, and it's just based off of the software on the machine uh, without using backups or anything like that. You know, we can't trust those anymore. Uh, and it turned out to be uh, pretty effective. Uh, if the the criminals were sending me, you know, hate mail before uh, with uh, the decryption, uh, it picked up in intensity a little bit. You know, once we were able to just uh, make it so that the encryption didn't work at all. Uh, and uh, fortunately, from my old days at Fort Meade and, and with my team, uh, we learned a lot of, you know, we could look at our own code and say, oh, that's what the hackers are going to hit us next. And so we've been able to stay ahead of them so far uh, and say, okay, every time they move to try to knock us out, we've been able to be ahead of the game and, and stay and, you know, basically keep our software running and protecting. So it's, yeah, that's interesting because the attackers then who were going after the system to encrypt it, to get rid of the data, realized that any software on there that was trying to protect or thwart that, they go after right. that first, just like they go after the backup first. Now they're going after exactly. your software first. Um, how often, what's your cycle? Is it a six month keeping ahead of them? Right or, now. I am going to say, I don't know. I don't want to give up any secrets there. No, not at all. Not at all. This is good. Uh, so I, I would say that we are seeing other uh, pieces of software that are getting knocked out. And uh, whenever we have a technique that, you know, uh, we attempt on ourselves and we try it on, you know, on other things to see, okay, you know, um, is this just a, a crazy problem that no one's dealt with, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately it does seem that other, other vendors are getting knocked out. And let, let's be honest, every, every hacker has his day, right? So eventually we'll have a bad day and we'll recover very quickly, right? The goal is not to have that happen, right? But, mm -hmm. um, this is part of like it's a military mindset, right? You know, you win some, you try to win all of them, but you're mm -hmm. gonna you're gonna lose once in a while, you know. So, um, so what we do actually is uh, uh, every uh, I'll say every two weeks to three weeks we put out an update. Uh, right now, it has been uh, we have a long list of things we know that we can improve. Uh, some of them uh, we haven't seen in a while at all. Uh, um, every time so far, knock on wood. We've actually already been there and prepared for the, the attackers to upgrade. Um, unfortunately, we do see in the news sometimes where that does cause some companies problems. So we're trying to get word out as much as possible because we have to be there beforehand, right? You can't mm -hmm. come in afterwards and just uh, undo AES encryption, you know, without the key. That, that's difficult, you know. So 
uh, or impossible, depending on, you know, your math skills. Um, so, uh, uh, so yeah, we, uh, every three weeks, two weeks, we put out an update, uh, and just keep, we're going to keep at it until, uh, um, until, uh, we, you know, the hackers give up, which is, is going to happen, you know, <laughs> there's too much money. So going, going deep, a little deep technical. So anybody that's yeah. confused by this, just tune out for a couple, couple, a minute here. Um, you're not going after the key. You're going after the anomaly of how it operates. Is that what I'm hearing from you? We, we go after the, um, we go after the crypto behavior mm-hmm. and, uh, and other behaviors along with that. We were actually for a while um, capturing with, with the decrypt. We were capturing things that might be a key. They might be part of a key. Um, a good analogy is that if you have a camera and you're watching someone put a bunch of like keys, like physical keys into a safe and you just keep on taking pictures all day and you're kind of like, well, that might be a key. That might be a key I even want, but I don't know. But I'll just keep taking pictures. And then at the end of the day, when there's a ransomware attack, then you go through all those, you know, 5 million things and you say, well, let's try to prove them together and see if we get, we got the key we wanted to the lock. That's kind of what we were doing in the beginning using uh, machine learning and some other stuff. Once we got to the point where we were fast enough that there actually weren't keys involved, then we kind of, uh, uh, we said, okay, well, this is fast enough now. We don't have to worry about all that extra work. We can just, you know, stop the key at the door, so to speak. So, okay. So a lot of, you could tell, you look when, hey, it's AES running. Are they using some of the accelerators on the chip? You know, things like that. When are those things being engaged? And let's see, does that make sense that it's encrypting right now? Exactly. And it's, um, there's a lot of crypto variables uh, is, is the, I guess, the formal word that I was always taught, uh, I guess, back in grad school, where there's the key, then there's the, which cipher, which formula are they using? Which variant of the, of the cipher are they using? Mm-hmm. Which hashing algorithm are they using? You know, which file is it being put on? All, all that kind of stuff. There's, there's a lot going on, right? Than just the key nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to, we we actually were. If you look on YouTube, you'll see some really cool videos, uh, which we scrub the comments regularly, um, and they um, they'll decrypt major major ransomware variants that use very uh, very uh, strong encryption algorithms. Uh, but we had to figure all that out and do it in an automated way, so you could actually make make the impossible possible, which honestly has become a little bit of our internal, uh, our internal mantra mantra is to, uh, Hey, uh, I know this is impossible guys, but let's see if we, maybe we can do it anyway. You know? Okay. So when do you think, uh, this is integrated into windows when you're going to get bought by Microsoft? <laughs> That's interesting. Um, so, um, I, I think that, um, so far, uh, we're a moving target where, um, uh, eventually we're going to stop, you know, we're going to run out of ideas, you know, and stop innovating. And then maybe things will get sleepier. And then I, I, I always joke with my team, you know, but by the time we stop innovating and start just running at like a normal, you know, gas station or something, um, then uh, that's time for us to leave because we, we're not equipped for 
being in a big company, you know, like we're, we'll, we'll be there to make sure it happens. You know, we can't do a handoff, but we're going to get uh, restless pretty quickly. I, I, I hear you there. So you're out is when you get bored is what you just said. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I, I would argue that um, my, my fellow engineers in the company and my fellow employees, uh, team members, uh, they may not realize it yet, but they're from the same, come from the same cloth, you know, where uh, when they get stuck in a corner, I can, I can tell they're going to be the type that, you know, next thing you know, they pop up with a great idea in a new company. I hear you. So, and yeah, you know, we're, I'm the same way. My, my startup, my things we're doing and they're going forward, but uh, I don't talk about them too much, but you'll see soon coming out from uh, us as a block frame. Uh, is I can't wait, man. Sounds exciting. World here, I think. Um, but uh, tell us what, you know, who are your customers, what you're looking for, anything you, you want to, uh, how do you, you know how somebody reach out to you? What companies might want to engage with you? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so, uh, in terms of customer base, um, we uh, around the time that ransomware was starting to become a threat, it, it was you know a couple customers in a row, and then we were like, okay, this is um, you know statistically having three or four people in a row coming to the same problem meant that there's there's a trend. So uh, we were already looking for a tool that could be implemented quickly and easily by, we, I always tell the guys make it grandma proof, but uh, make it so that um, it doesn't require a team of 25 security engineers to implement. Uh, and uh, so the tool really could be used by anyone and that's on purpose. We price it very low uh, aggressively uh, to be in line with other security, like antivirus out there, stuff like that. Uh, even though the technology in it is, is pretty awesome. Uh, the uh, that's to make it you know be available to a wide audience uh mm -hmm. in you know uh we have had some great successes in uh, healthcare and finance for instance um manufacturing as well that pretty much lines up with the targets for the ransomware people so i, I think that's probably uh we're following the ransomware targets as much as anything right where they, they've decided to go after certain audiences and we're following that closely okay. well i wouldn't buy it for my home computer right now we absolutely could i mean it's uh we have people that do buy one and two uh, at a time um i always try you know we, we have an e-commerce model where you can go and pay with a credit card and, and just buy a copy mm -hmm. and it's it's um uh, the biggest complaint we have from home users is that they don't know if it's running or not because we made it to be super efficient and just kind of sit there you know and so uh we have so to show no overhead it doesn't take much resources you don't know it's running just the background process no no not at all the uh, the old actually the old algorithm was a little bit beefier uh because uh it was kind of cool uh sometimes people would have like a uh, maybe like a nurse or a radiologist or some kind of technician job like that and uh it would pick up on all of the hipaa compliant uh high trust compliant encryption going on for their medical records uh we had that happen multiple times where our our um our tool was, was happily capturing, you know, keys and parts of keys, thinking that uh, maybe there's ransomware attack. And people would ask me, how come this program is so active? And I'm like, well, uh, the good news is, is that your, you know, your radiology technician's program is, is correctly encrypting all the files before it saves them. You know, but the bad news is it looks just like ransomware. You know? So they're doing it very badly is what you just said from well, our yeah. conversation. Yeah, it, it was, it was, um, we knew when it was properly encrypting everything, every gotcha. file that it was saving. And if they were moving around a ton of files, then it was noticeable. Uh, with the new tradecraft we have, actually, it's barely noticeable. We, we called it a microagent, which meant a lot for us as techies, you know, but for normal people, they were like, I don't know what that is, you know. And so uh, now we just, um, 
we let them install it and then they it kind of runs quietly in the background so we're looking all endpoints here do you do like uh all windows do you have a unix version mac versions what what's your market yeah, so uh, we have uh, Windows desktops and servers right now because that's where the biggest threat was or is. Um, we actually have uh, we have an Android app. Uh, we we took out the ransomware piece and have it so that the uh, the Android app actually is uh, just for managing incidents on the you know on someone's network. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, it's like letting the sysadmin actually like leave the office, you know, and being able to to mitigate very quickly and easily. Um, mm-hmm. The, our next big project actually is, uh, is on Linux. Uh, so we're, we're starting on that right now. Uh, and uh, we look forward to deploying that. I'm hoping by the end of the year, uh, but uh, that's what the next big, uh, next, next big development is actually. All right, and how would, what website would somebody go to to check out uh, products or connect with you? Yeah, so uh, they can go to uh, cybercrucible.com. Uh, we have uh, another website, uh, ransomwarerewind.com. Uh, that, that name will have to change eventually. We're not actually rewinding encryption anymore, right? But, um, uh, but we have that website as well. Uh, and uh, uh, you're going to see a lot of changes in the next, uh, we'll say, month or so because we've been doing a lot of uh, graphic design work in the background to try to uh, give us some more pizzazz, you know, some, some jazz hands, you know? So, um, but uh, yeah, look me up on LinkedIn as well. Uh, I'm very active there. And we have bi-monthly webinars that have a mix of business uh, risk management type material and also we have a section timestamp for hardcore developers because they like to stop in and ask really deep questions. And so they know, you know, they know me. So uh, we like to have a time to, dedicated to, uh, to them. All right. Well, thanks for joining today, uh, Dennis. It's been great hearing from you. Yeah, thanks a lot, Chris. All right. Bye. All right. Let me save. And circulate each new show to your networks. We keep you informed, bring you the latest news, explore new trends, and find the hottest topics. With New Cyber Frontier, you don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert, just get plugged in. We encourage you to get involved. Tell us what topics interest you and join our mailing lists. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. That's newcyberfrontier.com. Check out our previous interviews and please let us know if there are any topics that you would like to hear discussed. See you next time on New Cyber Frontier.